0: Today, people are devastated by the effects of inflation, and only one thing can disrupt it. You came here for the truth. So much has unfolded today, and I need to bring you exactly what's going on. The first thing we are going to look at is how one thing can disrupt inflation, and I mean only one thing. Number two, we are going to look at disruptions, but in this case, supply chain disruptions. And the third thing we are going to look at is the changing times. If anything is constant, it's change. I've got all of that and more. Let's begin. Here's the first chart of the day. We are looking at the US CPI inflation and the debt to GDP ratio. CPI has always spiked when debt has spiked. Deutsche Bank provided this information here and you could see what has happened historically. It's not a good sign, okay? Because we are in more debt than ever in history by many different measures. And when this happens, we can see that the CPI spikes to levels that we have not seen in a long time. These aren't typical events, but they do happen. Going back to 1800, you could see these instances where this has happened. Looking at a spike here in 1980, back during the 1940s and 50s, again 1920. And you go back and you see these different events throughout history. They usually come along with battles between countries, to say the least. And that is never a good thing. Of course, as they say, qui bono, who benefits, and we definitely know who does during these times. Smooth 10-year real yields using the 5-year rolling average of the CPI and the debt-to-GDP ratio, real yields have always been deeply negative when debt has spiked. And that's why we get this added risk tolerance during these periods of time. It's unbelievable to see where individuals are putting their money today. What is the new hottest thing? Well, okay, I'm just going to pour my money in. What is that investment? What is that stock? What is this new cryptocurrency or meme or what have you? It doesn't matter. Let's get on the gravy train. And that's why we have to understand what the Federal Reserve is doing on any given minute. Fed may discuss taper pace at December meeting according to Clarita. Huge. This is huge. Already, the suggestion is, because of inflation, as I'll show you in just a moment, that they're going too slow. And that's important because they've scheduled November and December. We know this, but what's coming in January? That has yet to be determined. Many people think, oh, we're going to roll back on that. But instead, considering the opposite. Fed's Waller favors faster taper on inflation surge. Governor prefers more rapid removal of accommodation. Price jump may spur rethink of rate hike's timing in 2022. Remember, first it was 2024. So there was nothing in 2023. Then they brought it to 2023. Now it's 2022 in the, initially it was going to be, okay, second half, end of the year 2022. Now it's, should we be doing this a lot earlier than what we stated initially? Some are starting to suggest that. The rapid improvement in the labor market and the deteriorating inflation data have pushed me towards favoring a faster pace of tapering and a more rapid removal of accommodation in 2022. I believe that policy may need to pivot to a faster taper based on the incoming data that I will be monitoring. Understand the impact that this will have. A rise in interest rates always has a direct negative correlation to essentially risk tolerance and you see that change having an impact on equities. Some suggest the opposite and some suggest that the correlation is there. It's all dependent on how you want to read the data but I believe that as soon as you have an increase in interest rates that that's going to impact, think about it, mortgage rates. Mortgage rates rise and right now you see it as the rise of mortgage rates has gone on. There's been less refinancing for obvious reasons. And what happens to the amount that of debt that people take on? It can't go up forever as that rate increases. Sure, when there's small increases. But when we start to get to larger increases, it becomes completely unaffordable. Essentially, they just go on and saying that, You know, the labor market rapidly approaching maximum employment. Everything's going well. We need to watch out. We need to watch very closely. And this is just essentially the the same quotes here. All shocks tend to be transitory and fade away. By this logic, the Fed should never respond to any shocks. But sometimes it does, as it should. Appropriate monetary policy responds to these inflation movements. So I think this is big. In fact... It's huge, and I would hope that everybody is paying attention. Now, one of the most important commodities by far is oil, and this comes out of Goldman Sachs. They show us a few things. The global oil market is still in deficit. Four-week stock draws by category. Stocks are now 200 million barrels below pre-2020 levels. The market is now pricing both a very large demand hit as well as a significant SPR release, the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. They said that right now, what what we're dealing with right now has nothing to do with the SPR. And yet they keep pricing that in. Strange. And speaking of which, you know, you could look at what's going on with oil. This is just showing us crude oil, WTI. And I've been talking about this a lot. Peaking out for WTI around $85 a barrel. And just take a look. It was getting real hot. This is just on three different time frames: the daily, the 240, and the 148. And you know, you, you could see what's happening here. It is oversold. It is oversold technically at this time. It's not looking too bullish. It's not necessarily that everybody's gonna go out and buy the dip at this point, but it is getting to that. Territory, okay, because we're just oversold on all this. There are technical aspects. Remember, with any commodity, as well as you know, if you want to extend that into the the you know the markets itself, just look take a look at this. There are always going to be um, traders, companies, billionaires, hedge funds, anything that's going to put their hands into the markets and send them exaggerate in an exaggerated fashion higher or lower. I also wanted to show you, I believe I was talking about this on my live. Take a look at the very right-hand side. That chart right there is the Russell. Specifically, um, you know, we're looking at the ETF, but the, the point is the Russell. As soon as this happened to be, if you could see this candle right here, this is the daily chart, appearing completely outside of the Bollinger Band, it is very clear and obvious while also exhibiting overbought conditions, that it was ripe for a breather. That's what I had said, a breather. And take a look at what's happened. Anybody who is betting on that at the time when I was talking about this would have been able to see this, recognize it, and at least in the short term, be able to take advantage. Okay, I just want to show you that things ebb and flow, but we got to understand the directionality of it all. I should also mention the fact that The QQQ, the the QQQ, the tech sector, has just been on fire at this time. And we'll talk more about that in a separate video. I've got something prepared really quickly here. China's big commodity inflation scare is easing for now. Supply pressure across sectors wanes as energy crunch averted. Government action in property emissions could push prices up again, right? up and down coal futures have collapsed after a frantic rush to raise mine output china went in and basically said no no no, you can't charge these levels to people and then what happened all right natural gas started getting used and all these other things and it just creates this whack-a-mole environment trying to fix everything but in general it isn't looking too good i would be very careful trying to manage each and everything. Micromanagement often tends to make things worse. A recession or something even stronger can, in fact, reduce demand, reduce the amount of output generally, and so can calm down inflation. Higher levels of interest rates can actually stimulate the amount of savings that people have, and as well as prudence. Being wise at this time truly is so important. My message to you is to become as self-sufficient as possible to reduce the impact that inflation has on you, that the shocks have on you directly this is massive i know people have been sending me articles i've been reading about it in the news as well two things really quickly vancouver is cut off by road and rail after extraordinary storms just massive vancouver sees fuel rations highway ban as flood impact spreads not a good sign all i'm mentioning here is that if you had these things in advance, you made your preparations in advance, you'd be much better off than the majority. The majority of people going up to line up, not just for fuel, I mean, can you store all this at home? Not necessarily, but if you had the food, if you had the certain preparations made in advance, you're going to be better off, plain and simple. If you had a backup generator, if you had these things ready yesterday, you wouldn't be so worried today. And I know so many of my subscribers are getting prepared now. If you are one of those, hit that thumbs up button. Getting prepared is the way to go. Make sure you make your voice heard or the thumbs up. And of course, down below in the comments, I love reading your comments. I reply to as many as I can take a look at this. If you want to check out what's happening in the US and you know beyond, This is a report here. NERC just has this, and it's basically the 2021-22 Winter Reliability Assessment. One of the points I wanted to make was right here. Extreme weather events, including extended durations of colder than normal weather, pose a risk to the uninterrupted delivery of power to electricity consumers. That's the long and short of it, okay? I would highly recommend Go down in the links. You will see this, okay? Natural gas supply disruptions in infrastructure limited areas have the potential to affect winter reliability and so on, okay? Take a look at it. I think this is really key to understand how this will impact you, but some don't want to hear it. Anyway, moving on. This is an interesting article, okay? It's out of Freight Waves, and it's talking about how companies are making all kinds of cash. In fact, the title of this article is How to Make a Billion When Your Ships Are Stuck at Anchor. It's talking about this company, Zim. Even if more ships are tied up at the ports, ocean carriers can eventually counteract the negative effect on volume by adding more ships to their fleets, whether by chartering them or buying them, as long as the freight rates remain high enough to offset the extremely high cost of chartering or buying more ships see this companies are actually profiting during this period of time and that's exactly what zim is doing so watch what goes on and always remember qui bono who stands to gain or who benefits now this is positive i think this is a great thing ford and gm step into the chip business stung by semiconductor shortage detroit's two biggest car companies are looking to align with computer chip makers to develop and potentially manufacture chips the you know this has to happen okay this has to happen and i think what if you look at what Apple has done, and they're producing their own chips, they've got the whole supply chain. I mean, they're doing this with the inside their phones, now inside the computers, and they're going even further, not just the main chips, but they're now going to the modems and so on, that they are going to develop this because they want control over every single piece of that supply chain to get that product to the customer. And I think that's a good thing. This is just an article talking about more... Problems between China and Australia, never a good sign. Uh, Geopolitical tensions more and more every day, it seems, between these two countries. And they need to be good trading partners, not simply creating this element of fear on both sides. This is an article here that people should be aware of simply because, in addition to what I talked about earlier in this video, we have waning demand long term. Why? Because of the demographics problem. You've got good demographics. You could say population growth. I should be clear, population growth in parts of Asia as well as Africa. But if you look at North America, if you look at uh, Europe, particularly Western Europe, it's a problem. I mean, there's no question about that. And what happens to the demand over time? Well, you have less demand. In fact, we drop down to nothing in the United States, okay? It's just the replacement rate isn't there. And without that replacement rate, what happens? What, when people aren't buying stuff, what, what's going on? Are the robots gonna buy it? Is, is that what they're planning on doing? And last but not least, seniors to the rescue, new truckers over 50 could solve the driver shortage. Truckers from different paths share how they become became drivers later in life i don't know what's going on here i think there's a serious problem all along the way and it's you know uh, you know so it's multifaceted essentially and i think that people need to simply take the information in, understand it but always always above all else when i'm bringing you this information just take it with what you can in your daily steps that you take the action steps and make them happen don't just listen to the information and let it go Take the steps today because I think that is so key to understand. It's going to help you out on the long term. It's going to be something that, you know, you're going to be able to take advantage of or at least protect yourself. Okay. That's it for my message for today. Hit that thumbs up. When you hit the thumbs up, you're basically notifying people outside of the Money GPS that, hey, there's this money GPS, and it's got some good stuff. All right. Automatically it does that. It's right down below. If you haven't seen this video yet, you definitely want to check it out. Click it and I'll see you there.